DJ Leroy. Night Watchman. How you doing, buddy? I'm well. How are you? Not bad, not bad. So uh, any major plans? Because remember, a summer is definitely uh, barreling down on us. Well, it would de- do? depend on how, how the winds from uh, Canada blow. Wow! Wow! You, you, you know, uh, I, I've lit a fire under you, but uh, yeah, another one. So. <laughs> well, you know, Night Watchman, uh, definitely. I think the discussion should always be about uh, entrepreneurship. What do you think? Uh, as an entrepreneur, I I, I approve this message. <laughs> uh, so, so you're not going to get on me for uh, being uh, a, a ward of the state, or, or are you? Well, you're not a ward of the state, uh, and as long as you uh, do your job properly, you'll never be a ward of the state. <laughs> <laughs> you get to go home at five o'clock. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> too bad. You know, forget all this. We're, we're, we're just going to get this thing popping, okay? That's what we're going to so do. So what are we talking about this fine evening? Well, we're going to talk about the, uh, the resources that are out there, you know, available mm-hmm. for the entrepreneur class, uh, you know, mm-hmm. of which uh, uh, when I do retire eventually, I, I'm going to look to actually do something, uh, maybe mm-hmm. consulting, maybe doing, uh, you know, uh, organi- organizing all these great ideas, all these great connections that I have, you know, mm-hmm. and putting in a, a business model. What do you think? Aha. Uh-huh. So the team that you've assembled this morning is actually your secret exit team. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know what? Forget you, forget you, Night Watchman. Okay, let okay, me let for, me just forget read. me. Exactly. We 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 got some veterans and also, of course, uh, some uh, virgins. So let's let's start out with the newbies. How about that? Okay. All uh, right. So yes. Go ahead. What you gonna say? No, okay. No. Who, okay. who who would you like to bring on first? I would love to bring out Miss Karen Gershowitz. You know, she's a market strategy yeah as you've been a marketing research professional karen hey Curtis. welcome to soul lounge project all right there you go thank See? you for having me great to be with you guys thank you thank you night watchman was that okay yes that was great okay yeah yeah you thought you thought have you a career in entrepreneurship her. ahead of you <laughs> anyway. and, and the reason he wants me first is because I've been a consultant for my entire, well, most of my career, and I teach about it um, at SCORE, and I mentor um, budding consultants. So, so uh, are you listening carefully, uh, Night Watchman? Absolutely. All right, there you go. So let's also bring up this uh, Natalie Rawlinson. Bring her. All right. Let's... Good evening. Hey, Na- Good evening, Natalie. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm Natalie Rawlinson, and I am really thrilled to be here today, to uh, this evening. Um, I am a, uh, I work with the Acceleration Project, where I am the Director of Service Delivery and Community Outreach. And again, thank you for having me. Beautiful, beautiful. Welcome, welcome. Uh, Night Watchman, next guest up, let's bring up Miss. Lori Marshall Esquire. Bring her up. Come on. Hey, Lori. How are you? Right. Uh, Good evening. Excellent. This this is Night Watchman. Are you feeling are you feeling the energy or what? Of course. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, 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 you're just 
<laughs> thank you. That, that, Laurie, uh, uh, Esquire at the end. So uh, not just any attorney, but what type of attorney? I am specifically a trademark attorney, um, and I work for small businesses. Uh, you know, I, I work with you, Curtis, uh, doing lots of score presentations, focusing on um, small businesses and entrepreneurs, helping them out with their uh, branding and their trademarks, making sure that they are protected, protectable, and then protected, um, making sure that they've done their proper search and clearance work to make sure their marks are available. I don't like small businesses getting into legal problems, especially when they should be spending their money elsewhere rather than being in litigation. I also work for very large organizations, but um, my heart is with all of the small businesses because I know they need they need my help. That's right, that little tender care for sure. So Night Watchman, uh, you know what? Uh, sometimes you may actually, um, how should I say, have one of these A-type a personalities. And I'm a little, mm -hmm. a little scared sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. But next guest, I'm always afraid of her, and I can never say no, okay? And who <laughs> could that be? That could only be Kenya Abreu. Bring her up. Good evening. Welcome, hello. Kenya. Hello, hello. Good evening. Happy to be here. Oh, God. And, and uh, Kenya, last time we were in the same space, it was because uh, New York Women's Chamber of Commerce was hosting a wonderful Taste of Harlem event. So, yes. Excellent. excellent. Thank you so much, Curtis, for the support. Um, we have been doing this event for several years. We, of course, have to uh, put it on halt because of the pandemic, but we were uh, just thrilled to bring it back. Bigger and better, as as you witness, uh, we have over forty vendors, restaurants. Uh, the majority of them from Harlem, of course, because it is the taste of Harlem. And we have over seven hundred people that showed up to just experience the delicious food that Harlem has to offer. So, thank you so much for the support. Yes, you are more than welcome. And a uh, night watchman. Yes, I I did tell you about it, but I uh, but I know what not that. Uh, um, hmm, because I know you are a big foodie, but uh, sorry you didn't make it. Sorry you didn't I'll, make it. I'll so. be at the next one. Yes, yes, indeed. We'd we'll love to have and, you there. Excellent. Uh, so you know what, Night Watchman, the next guest, our final guest, you, you say the best for last. Is that what it is? Or is it because she's a veteran of Soul Lounge Primetime? And the last the time back is the incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Gina. Welcome. Thank you. How you doing, my dear? I'm well, thank all right, you. And all right. you? I'm very, very good. And you know what? Yes, we got a number of hits based on your appearance, talking about some of the small business resources that you bring to bear. And so that's why you've been invited back to the table, my dear. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. So, Night Watchman, let's get it popping, as they say. So, I want to uh, first start off with, of course, Karen. You got to have to tell me, tell me about uh, the journey and also the fact that you are a now published author. And how did you combine the, this real, real? I'm gonna, can I call it an addiction or just that you really love to travel? Tell, tell me about it. You can call it an addiction. Um, in fact, I was gonna, <laughs> I was going to call my first book Travel Junkie, and I was told not to. <laughs> 
So go ahead. So, oh, as a matter of fact, let me see. You have a copy of uh, the, the this uh, is book? book that's already been published, which is nice. Travel Mania, Stories of Wanderlust. And my second book, which is oh. coming out uh, October 3rd, but you can pre-order it now, is okay. called Wanderlust. Uh -huh. and, um, yes, I am completely addicted to travel. I spend probably half of my life traveling. But that's <laughs> what got me where I am now. So I'll, I'll give you my story very briefly. Mm -hmm. uh, I started out, I have a really weird background. I was a ceramicist. I have a BFA, MFA Ooh. in ceramics. Wow. That with that background, I was never going to earn enough money to travel. <laughs> so I went into business. I was in the business world. Uh, doing marketing and marketing research, which I loved. And I worked with companies that sent me all over the globe, which was terrific. Um, I retired. Um, I had very good timing in 2019. Right before, mm -hmm. Very good timing. Yes. Yeah, my plan had been to travel for like two years, but that didn't exactly happen. Um, however, I've been a mentor at SCORE prior to my retiring, because I wanted to make sure that I would have something that I really love to do. And it turns out I love mentoring. Um, and I am joined by, I think at this point, we've got well over 80 mentors in New York City. Wow. And um, we we help lots and lots, as, as you know, of entrepreneurs and small businesses and even some larger businesses through a variety of services. Uh, um, mentoring, webinars, um, small business owners roundtables. There's one in, I think there's several in Harlem um, and there's more all over the city um, and an advisory board for larger companies. And I, I'm also a presenter, as, as you know, Curtis, I, I give a lot of webinars. In fact, I'm doing one later this week mm. for Harlem. So nice, nice. Um, <laughs> that's Beautiful, beautiful. The book, the book came out because I really do love to travel and I love to write. And when the world came up oh, to be nice, yeah, you know, I, I had a lot of people saying, "Yeah, really, really, really must um, get the book published." So I had time to do it, and I've been on it. And I'm writing my third one as we speak. Wow, beautiful. Thank you, Karen. And uh, Night Watchman, I'm uh, sometimes astounded by some of your technical skills. Quite nice. Um, you're easily astounded. <laughs> <laughs> on, on, that, on that note, I want to find out how this, this other woman actually ended up from Brooklyn to uh, Upper Westchester. Uh, Natalie, tell us the story, your journey. Uh-oh. You are mute. I think you're on mute. All right. There you go. <laughs> thank you. Again, thank you for having me. Um, so my story, I uh, story into working with small businesses. I actually started out in corporate America working mm. with large companies, but my heart has always been to work small businesses. Nice. Um, I don't know where that came from. Like I don't <laughs> come from a family of small businesses, um, but I see the importance of having them in the community. And I see it as, I think a lot of um, small businesses use it as a way of um, building generational wealth, um, especially in my community. And um, I have, you know, I've been a consultant most of my life and um, I wanted to use my knowledge to help small businesses sort of get to their, be, the, the, be their best, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
grow their businesses, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the opportunity to work with the Acceleration Project, which is a, um, a not-for-profit organization mm-hmm. that, um, whose mission is really to empower the population we're talking about today, right? We provide uh, customized high-touch advisory support in all functional areas. So we will help the business with uh, strategy and marketing and um finance, you know, the gamut. Um, We work with revenue generating businesses and, you know, businesses that are at a critical juncture. Um, It's, you know, they're looking to grow, but uh, has a, you know, they come up with a problem. And so we help them work that, we help them work through that. Um, So yeah, that's my story is I started out big, now I'm heading (laughs) (laughs) very nice very nice and making that impact for sure and and of course uh miss esquire uh let's say becoming a lawyer is one thing but specializing in trademarks how'd you do that do tell us Lori. um when people typically ask like how i wound up in this um field i I usually refer them to the pop tarts and talking about Pop-Tarts. Um, so when I was younger, I used to walk through supermarket aisles and I used to be drawn to any of the products that had changes in their packaging or their logos. Mm. Um, I'd always specifically notice those. And I think, you know, my parents and people would just be shocked that a young child would have such a, you know, focus on like the the changing of logos and brands. Um, and I, I love Pop-Tarts as a child. So usually <laughs> focused in on the Pop-Tarts more than I did um, other products. So anyway, that's how I really had it in my blood. But essentially when I went to law school, I didn't major in law. I majored in creative studies when I was in college, which is what is creative studies. It's art and um, creative writing and theater and stuff like that. So nothing at all to do with law. Um, And then I didn't really know what to do with that when I graduated. So I went to law school. And in my first year, I think it was, I had a trademark class and everything sort of came together at that point because I just learned about protecting trademarks and brands and um, brand names and logos. And it kind of all was like a synergy of the things I was interested in and had a unique uh, fondness for, um, you know, all in one. So at that point during my first year, I kind of went along that direction and graduated and worked for a large trademark or actually general practice firms I started at. And then I went specifically to trademark firms. And then I was recruited by Major League Baseball um, or drafted by Major League Baseball. <laughs> um, yes. And uh, to to work in their legal department and handle trademarks there. Uh, what's funny is that I was never really a baseball fan. It wasn't that. And, and for me, working at Major League Baseball, I mean, for anybody working Major League Baseball would be a fabulous thing. But for me, and as I said, I wasn't a baseball fan, but working for baseball was kind of like the the top of the lot in terms of a business where you would want to protect their trademarks. You know, when you're thinking about it, you know, Johnson and Johnson's great, but how much passion do people have for a Q-tip? Um, <laughs> don't walk around with a Q-tip like this nor wear them. Like this. 
on my hat, but people love and take such passion over their sports team, specifically baseball teams where you're wearing a baseball hat on your head. Um, they, they walk around symbolizing that, showing off their allegiance and loyalties, but that's the team's trademark. So they yeah. wear them all over the place. And to me, working for a company where people took the, those trademarks and, you know, had such loyalty and, you know, association with them that they wore them on their hats and their shirts or whatever. That was the type of business I thought I belonged in. So I was there for quite a while and then left and worked for another firm and then just started out my own law practice. And, you know, right now I work, I still work for major league baseball clubs and I work for the NBA and I work for large businesses, but um, working for small businesses and entrepreneurs who are just starting out and need help with their branding and want to make sure that the brands that they use and are using are actually available to them, which is an important thing when you are uh, starting out as a new business. You want to make sure that you're doing everything legally and properly so you don't get sued. Um, mm, yes. Things to spend your money on than a lawsuit. So it's a lot easier to get your trademarks done at the beginning of the process than all of the issues that could happen down the road if you don't get them done then. So a lot of my business practice is handling, um, you know, small businesses and entrepreneurs and walking them through this process and, and helping them. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, Night Watchman, I noticed or whatnot that you, you didn't ask the lawyer to hook you up with any tickets. I, no, no, it's pretty good. Uh, well, number one, I already have a I have a good contact at Yankee Stadium, as you know. Uh, but I but I do give a shout out to Laurie as a former Major League Baseball licensee. So it was in a while ago, so we wouldn't have crossed paths. But uh, but I acknowledge the great work that you're doing protecting those uh, those brands and those logos. <laughs> Very good. I appreciate the compliment, but I might have been there. Um, I, you know, I, I was there way back, so. <laughs> but I, okay, well, this was the 90s, so you tell me. I actually was there in the 90s. Oh, really? Okay, okay. Again, I appreciate that compliment, but. Okay. <laughs> very good, very good. Well, well I, was, uh, I was a licensee for the, um, the Negro League um, trademarks. Yeah. I am very familiar. Yes. We'll have nice. to talk about that. All right. Oh. Well, I probably signed one of your contracts. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, on that note, Kenya, help me. Now, we've known each other, it seems like, forever. From my time out, actually, in the Rockaways, before coming to Harlem CDC in 2006. So do tell. And, and at that time, I think it was just in your head, the idea of the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce. So tell me about... Uh, how that uh, was birth, and now it's growth. Yes. So, yes, Curtis, we go way, way, way back. <laughs> I would say um, more than 20 years. Um, at least. At least. At least. That, that's we, conservative, um, yes. Yes. Conser I'm being conservative because, of course, you know, when it, um, we don't want to age ourselves. We don't want to age anybody. <laughs> exactly. So um, we, you know, we met when I was at Hans Point EDC, the Hans Point Economic Development Corporation at the time. Wow. We yes. Yes. That's mm. how we met. And so um, at that time I was um, doing, um, working on economic um, development under the Hans Point Economic Development Corporation. And 
um, became the um, director of the Women's Business Center, uh, which was the first women's business center in the Bronx under the Hunts Point Economic Development Corporation and funded by the SBA, as um, many other women's business centers are. So um, I was there for some time. And when, um, as director of the Women's Business Center, working with women entrepreneurs, uh, helping them start and grow their business. And one of the, um, you know, one of the advice that I will always give women was to go and join, you know, chambers of commerce, um, business associations, so they can network with other uh, business owners and also, you know, um, learn um, about resources and, um, you know, um, just find opportunities opportunities through networking. And they will come back and say, you know, oh, we checked. But at that time, um, really, there was no um, Women's Chamber of Commerce. And I really thought there was because I have um, learned about um, Women's Chamber of Commerce in other states. And I have actually participated in um, conferences and events that were hosted by uh, Women's Chamber of Commerce in other states. And so I was shocked to find out, well, you know, that New York City, New York State, mm-hmm. um, one of the, you know, states that have more, um, you know, women entrepreneurs and small businesses did not have a women's chamber of commerce. So mm-hmm. I say, you know what, if we don't have one, let's just, you know, let's just start one. Yes. So I had I had the idea, Curtis, and then I, I remained at Hans Pony DC for, for, for some time and um, later on, went to work for the Queens Economic um, Development Corporation to manage their WBC at that time, uh, requested by SBA mm-hmm. uh, to come in because they were having some issues. So I put that the, the my idea on hold. But then I said, you know what? Um, again, women were coming back and say, we want to join associations. We want to join a chamber. And I said, you know, it's time. Let's do it. So that's how I started the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce. And that was 20 years ago. Wow. Wow. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> and um, as you know, you know, we have been doing some amazing things. Um, you know, we, we started as a small group and it was just to do networking pretty much. And then women came back and say, you know, why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And that's how we became a, a direct service provider as well. So we have the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce, which is a membership organization. And we do a lot of advocacy under the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce for women and minority business owners. Um, we are behind, we are the organization behind the um, the laws that, um, that uh, provide um, contracts that um, to women and minority business owners, we have worked very closely with the city and state to make sure that um, both local law um, one, which was uh, local law 129, and now um, article 158, um, which are the city and state um, MWB laws, um, became a reality. So we, we nice. work heavily on that um, with the city and state. But then we also have the service component, which is our MWBE uh, programs and our micro enterprise programs, both very, very geared towards the um, economic empowerment of women and uh, primarily of women of color, uh, which nice. is very, very important to us. So that's, mm. how, that's how we started. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh man. Well, you know what? You see, you see, Night Watchman, how an idea, you see, how it can also be manufactured. <laughs> what did I just say? Gina, Gina, you know, you knew I was coming to you. Okay. So do tell. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
So a little bit about me. Um, I am a corporate retail veteran. I mm. worked in the corporate retail arena for well over two decades. And what was supposed to be a sabbatical um, <laughs> became a 10-year journey in business. We are celebrating <laughs> 10 years at Idea Manufacturer. Congratulations. Yes. yes. Very excited. <laughs> yes. Um at a, uh, we service, uh, uh, we provide a bevy of services to um, various sectors out there, various target markets. Our four main pillars, we help emerging entrepreneurs with something we call square one, which is to anchor down and start getting that business plan together. We also are the ghost behind some small businesses in the greater New York City area because we provide business management. We fill in the gaps for small business owners uh, that don't do not necessarily have uh, particular expertise. Um, it might not be marketing. It might not be uh, financial projections. So we fill in uh, in, in um, areas like that. We also help businesses that are on the cusp of growth uh, with strategic maneuvers, and we do conferences and workshops via our, our business events pillar. Wow. Our segments, our markets, um, we work with individuals, again, small businesses, but one of our largest segments is the nonprofit um, market where uh, we service the business initiatives for various nonprofits such as the Harlem Business Alliance, SCORE, NYC, the New York Urban League, the Citizens Committee for New York City, and more. Wow. Gina, you've just been so busy out there. As a matter of fact, I remember you were also he heading up a special initiative out of HBA. And tell, tell me about that, uh, that you were heading up. Oh, this is the highlight thus far for Idea Manufacture. Um, we worked with uh, the Harlem Business Alliance, and the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, where I served as the architect and facilitator for a women's business incubator that ran over three years wow. of the Lillian Project. <laughs> nice. And, and for that, how many, uh, let's say, small business entrepreneurs were you guys able to uh, 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 assist and help through that initiative? We say? helped over, over 150 women, but 125 nice. of them. Mm -hmm. actually graduated from the program. Wow. Incredible. And I'd like to add, I'd like to add that just pre-pandemic, over 70% of those businesses were in what we call crawl walker run phase. It was actionable, whether they were doing it as a sidepreneur or actually had gone full force to full-time entrepreneurship. Excellent. Excellent. Well, uh Karen, you see, so far I have not seen any uh elbows displayed. Everybody's getting out their story. So so do tell me more. Tell me more. Well, um, I, sometimes SCORE calls itself the best kept secret in the city, <laughs> which is sad because it is such a huge group of people who are incredibly dedicated to helping out as many entrepreneurs, small businesses as we can no matter where they're located. One of the things that's interesting is that because of the pandemic, we now do vast majority of our programs and mentoring um, online. And I, I'm personally mentoring people in Florida and 
up in Rochester and out in um, Arizona because they're looking for the particular skills that I have. Um, I'm one of the very few people who spent most at SCORE who spent most of their career as a consultant. And for a lot of people mid-career or late in their careers, they decide that they want to leave whatever corporate or organizational structure they've been in and become a consultant. Mm. And you think that that would be a very easy thing to do, but the reality is that being a consultant is very different from being an employee and it requires different skill sets. Your knowledge is your knowledge and that's the basis of it, but then you have to learn how to be a consultant. And uh, so I spend a lot of time working with people on that. Um, and I also do, as I said, webinars, in-person workshops. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things about SCORE is that um, several of the people here have done um, webinars, workshops for SCORE. Um, we, I think there are probably two or three, maybe even four workshops a week that SCORE does that are very low cost. And they cover everything from um, initial business plans and how do you start to marketing. You know, if you want to become a podcaster or want to use a podcast as one of your marketing tools, how do you go about doing that? Finance, funding, anything and everything having to do with technology. Um, we've got someone who has become an expert on AI, mm. which hopefully is not going to take away all of our jobs. <laughs> and, um, you know, is teaching people how do you use it effectively and what do you have to watch out for since that's, you know, that can be a major problem. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's an organization that will do whatever we can to help people. We've got some specialists on if you need funding, what are the best ways to do it? Can you really do it? Can you really get funding? Are you further enough along to be able to do that? So it's, you know, kind of full service. And if you go to score, um, score.org, I guess is what it is. Um, that's the way to locate us. And, and there is a lot to offer. So. Nice. Nice. Thank, thank you. Uh, and um, Natalie, I have to uh, come, come to you because, Tap seemed, for me, seemed to come out of nowhere. I had no uh, a background or history to tap, and then suddenly I see that they're also one of our strategic partners. So you have to tell me about tap, but also that the cohort that you guys just recently completed. All right. So yeah, for sure. So tap, um, we're we just celebrated our tenth year anniversary actually last year. Congrats! So, yeah, ten years now, um, and we are continuing to grow. Um, I've been with uh, I've been with tap for about three three years now. I actually started out as a consultant. So mm -hmm. the way tap operates is we have um, a group of about one hundred and fifty consultants that work with us. Wow. And our consultants are um, all volunteers who come from, a lot of them, you know, come from corporate America themselves or mm -hmm. they are small business owners themselves. And they will work um, with, the, with the business on projects. Um, like I said earlier, you know, these, the consultants that we have have expertise in various areas. And, um, the way we work is we have projects um, 
that we will um, that we work on with our clients. Um, that's one of the services that we'll provide. Uh, our projects are can last up to eight weeks um, mm -hmm. because we will go in and help the business owners with a particular problem, and we do a, a deep dive, we do a detailed analysis, and um, provide them with tools and resources to help them um, to help them move the business forward. We like to, you know, we believe in providing the tools so that they can um, use them themselves, right? We want to teach so that we can walk away and um, walk away after they've given, after we've given them tools to, you know, help themselves, so to speak. Um, we also um, offer, uh, we, you know, the pandemic as, um, as Karen says, has really changed a lot for a lot of uh, businesses. Um, our pandemic pivot has sort of become a couple of our service offerings. Um, we partner with like-minded organizations, similar mm -hmm. um, to, and we hold webinars and we do coaching sessions. Coaching sessions. Um, we actually, uh, as you mentioned, just partnered with HCDC and had a program that. Um, it was a three-part marketing series of webinars and one-on-one -on -one sessions. Um, it, you know, we uh, met with up to sixty, I think, businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, our consultants worked one-on-one -on -one with these businesses, um, helping them with uh, their marketing plans, mark, help them think through uh, their core customers, like how to identify them, how to reach them. We um, helped them um, thinking about, you know, marketing dollars. This uh, mm -hmm. is, uh, have a finite, a small, right? mm -hmm. and we don't, we want them, we wanted them to um, be wise when spending marketing dollars. Um, so we spent, uh, you know, a webinar talking about that. And then we uh, dedicated some time to individual businesses to help them think through how to spend their marketing dollars. Um, overall, I thought the program went really well. Um, I think uh, businesses walked away with, again, tools to help them really uh, think about how to, um, how to handle their marketing um, whether it comes, whether it's, you know, preparing a marketing plan or thinking about how to spend their marketing dollars. Nice. Nice. And, uh, and, and one of the things I, I got to say, so, so Lori, working with a small, small businesses, not our majors, not the NBA, major league baseball or whatnot. How, how can you tell that, let's say the, uh, the lessons that you're uh, teaching to them, that they're actually getting it and something actually resonates or have, or have you had to talk a number of them off the cliff that, you know what, you really can't do that. You, you must approach it this way. Tell us, tell us. It's a good uh, question. Story. I've actually never had anyone ask me that question before. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me have to do some thinking. Um, so, so, you know, there are the entrepreneurs and small businesses that come to me at the right time um, at the beginning of their you know, endeavors, which is to me really the the right time, the prime time that, you know, you need to speak to a trademark attorney, because if you're, 
you know, essentially, if you're starting a new business, you need to brand it because mm -hmm. people will begin to know you as the name of your business. That's what, you know, the reason for branding. Um, and some of our marketing people here can, you know, vouch for that as well, that your brand is what you're selling, essentially, unless you're a cleaner on the corner and it doesn't really matter what your brand name is. So to really focus in on that brand name at the onset of creating your business, that makes the most sense, but somehow people miss the step of needing to make sure that their mark is available and clear prior to using it, um, mm. prior mm. to starting to um, create logos and brand, you know, and um, marketing material and purchasing a, a domain name. Um, so people will go through those steps first. They'll pay money to ha hire designers um, to create their logos and to create their, um, you know, artwork associated with their brand before ever making sure that the uh, name that they're planning on using in association with their business is available for them. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you that probably seven or eight times out of 10, that brand, that name um, is not available to be used. So wow, we, have wow. it, we have to tweak it. We have to just pivot in another direction. Mm -hmm. So coming to me prior to that point when, and, and actually people ask me that question, what is that point that, you know, I really need to make sure that I've done this process. And what I tell them is if you've gotten to the point where if I tell you, you need to change everything. You need to get a new domain name. You need to create new business cards, you know, create new hang tags and labels for your products. If you've come to the point where you have created all of that and I have told you that you need to change your name to something else and that's going to devastate your business, then you've gone too far because wow. they, you, know, you can't afford to be throwing out all of the money that you've spent creating those things. Um, but many people go forward and create those things based upon a name that they've never made sure is available to them. <laughs> and that's the problem. That's why I love speaking for score because I love people telling people at the very beginning, here's the information you need to know about a trademark and branding, you know, and the legal aspects of branding. Um, you know what, if they don't listen to me, then at least I feel like I've disseminated the information and they're choosing to make that decision on their own. But a lot of people are confused. A lot of people don't understand trademarks. A lot of people get advice from their accountants, not to mm. you know, belittle any of any profession, but I'm just saying the people you need to speak to are trademark lawyers, not corporate lawyers about trademarks, mm. not accountants or tax attorneys about trademarks. You need to speak to a trademark attorney and not your your barber or your hairdresser because a lot of people <laughs> and tell me that this is what their their hairdresser told them. You know, they give great information and you know, but the aspect of trademarking, I don't think, you know, getting that um, advice from those types of people are actually, you know, the best places to find that advice. Um, so yeah, they, they get wrong information. And one of the biggest, um, you know, parts of confusion for new businesses and entrepreneurs is thinking that a corporate name is actually the same thing as a trademark. So mm. a lot is that new businesses will get their name registered with the state. Um, and they so they get an LLC, they get an S Corp, a C Corp, um, potentially a DBA. And they think that that essentially is allowing them to use 
that name to sell their goods and services. Mm-hmm. And I understand how that could be a complicated um, or actually a misconception for that matter, um, thinking that that you can just use that name now to sell your products, to sell your services, whatever it might be. And, and that's okay, but that's not the case. The case is the corporate name and the trademark are two completely different paths. So mm-hmm. they're two completely different paths that you need to take when you're starting out your business. And sometimes I tell people, you should do the trademark first before you do your corporate identity. The intention of a corporate identity is to make sure that you are not liable if your business causes some kind of issue to someone. So for instance, you open up, let's go back to the hairdresser, you open up your hair, own hair salon, you cut someone's hair, you leave a lump of hair on the floor, somebody comes in, slips and breaks their leg. You want to be sure that you're not sued personally and that your you know, child's uh, college fund isn't <laughs> in a way because somebody sues you. So uh, that's really the, the, the most important part with regard to a corporate identity is to make sure that you're not personally liable for any you know, kinds of injuries or accidents or anything liability-wise. However, that does not relate to trademarks. Trademarks yes. is the use of the brand logo. It could be a tagline or a slogan, anything that's associated with the sale of your goods and services that needs to go through a completely different search and clearance process to make sure the name is available. And then, you know, we need to protect it and make sure that nobody else takes this mark from you. But you can't rely upon a search and clearance for a corporate name with regard to a trademark. Corporate names could be almost identical. Corporate names, you can coexist with, say, for instance, another clothing line. You know, multiple clothing corporate names are like, ABC Clothing Co., ABC Clothing, ABC Co., ABC Sportswear. You can have all of these different names as your corporate name. But can you imagine if you went into like a department store and went to the, you know, women's section and all you saw was ABC companies like selling merchandise, you'd be completely and totally confused, not know which product to take if you're looking for ABC Sportswear clothing. So that's the difference. Well, then, Laurie, uh, okay, then I'll go to then ask uh, Kenya. Uh, there is only one New York Women's Chamber of Commerce, or is there another one that I should uh, worry about? I know there's only one Night Watchman, and that's synonymous with Soul Lounge Primetime. And if he tries to leave and take that daggone name, <laughs> they'll be hell to play. Tell, tell us that, uh, Kenya, uh, there has been, there was only, there was no New York Women's Chamber of Commerce anywhere in this state. You are mm-hmm. the first, correct? We, we are the first, and um, in in reality, we remain um, the only one. There is another um, chamber of commerce that we help form in Queens, the women's um, the Queens Women's Chamber of Commerce, but they have not been as active as we wanted them to be. So we are, you know, pretty much in essence the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce and of the city and state, and recognized that way also by the city and state because we are a partner as you know of um both um esd and sbs which is um sbs is a small business um the department of small business services for the city of new york Mm -hmm. and esd is the empire state um 
um, Development Corporation, yes. similar to SBS. So we are a partner of both in their efforts to really um, help women um, in minority enterprises in the city and state of New York. So we are it. And in terms of, of trademark, we have not trademarked the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce um, um, name. So I'm going to have to talk to Lori about that. But we did, <laughs> but we did trademark the Taste of Harlem, um, just so you know. Uh, very nice. Very nice. Yes. <laughs> we, did, uh, we did do that. Um, and, and, you know, it's interesting because we tend to forget, you know, um, you know, to do that um, just because we get so busy with, you know, a lot of this stuff. But um, that's something, um, you know, very important um, to do, of course. Gotcha. So, so, yeah, so we are um, the only, um, really the only New York Women's Chamber of Commerce in the city and state of New York. And we do work with, um, a question that we get a lot, if we work with the entire state, yes, we do. And, um, of course, our major focus is the city of New York, because that's where the, the majority of our members and clients are. But one of the things that the pandemic did was open, um, you know, this virtual um you know, um, door and um, sort of like remove the um, the the um, um, what would I say the the obstacles that were there to mm-hmm. um, you know to be able to reach out to other uh, women entrepreneurs throughout the state and for them to actually be able to. Um, to engage with us and for us to engage with them. Um, the pandemic, one of the, the positive things I gotta say about the pandemic, uh, or maybe the, the only positive thing was that, that it actually got us to connect um, with people in you know city, other cities and counties and, and even outside of the state that we never thought about um, connecting and the pandemic did that. Um, we you know opened the space, this remote, um, space where now we can connect with everybody. So we have women entrepreneurs and, you know, all over um, the state of New York that we work with. Um, we have a program, one of our um, flag um, or, or most successful program, which is a contractor program um, uh-huh. offer before when we first started, started op- um, just doing it, um, um, you know, in, in, uh, in person. And then uh-huh. when hit, we have to pivot to virtual. And mm-hmm. we continue to do that, um, except with the, when we did we do the graduation, which we just had one uh, last Friday, uh, right after our Taste of Harlem. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that program now has, um, you know, when, when we hold um, the program, we have women from all over the state of New York, which is a, a wonderful thing. And mm-hmm. her, just so you know, is comes out of our MWBE um, center our NWB programs. And that has become one of the um, most successful programs of the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce and one of the one that has a waiting list um, every year. And that program, it's um, has been designed to increase the participation of women of color mm. in contracting opportunities. Um, mm continue to have such a small number of participants, you know, when it comes to the participation of women of color, which is something that um, even, um, you know, came out in, in the, one of the new reports. And it's now uh, one of the um, focuses of the, of the new administration is to really increase the participation of women of color, um, mm-hmm. primarily Black and Latinas in contracting mm-hmm. opportunities. So Contraher does that. We work with them. Um, we bring in a group. It's usually a small group, no more than 30. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we they have to be already certified with the city or the state of New York or have to be in that process of getting certified. And what we do is pretty much teach them um, how to navigate that complicated world of contracting or procurement contracts or government contracts. And um, the program has the um, training component, which is um, 12 weeks. Um, and then um, we provide technical assistance throughout the whole year. And so these women, when they come out, they know um, all you know the entire process. Because when you get certified, it's not just that. Once you get certified, it's now what you know. As you know, so it's <laughs> you have to register as a you know vendor with the city or the state of New York. You have to um, you know um, register with passport. You have to register uh -huh. different agencies, um, as you know, and you have to be able to identify. And know the agencies that you um, qualify to do business with, and how to mm. respond to an RFP, and how to, you know, get the opportunity, the small purchases, and all yes. of that stuff. <laughs> 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 so you cannot, you know, it, it is a very complicated world, that MWB world out there, as you know, and yes. um, so you mm. know, we have a lot of companies that are certified as MWB, but. Very few get to do business really with with the government, and that's something that the New York Women's Chamber of Commerce takes very seriously. So um, we are really working um, with women, and and really specifically with women of color, so they can get those contracts with uh, with the city and the state. And and I have to say that the the program has um, the majority of, of um, those that graduate get to um, to um, obtain uh, some of the contracts. So like right now, we just graduated a cohort um, and 33, I think it's 38, 38% um, have already obtained contracts, which is, which is great. So, so actually getting some work, getting some, some dollars getting, in there. Getting some dollars. That's what it's about. It's, you know, it's one of those things where like at the end of the day, uh, if you are a businesswoman or a businessman, um, that's that's your end goal. That's your goal is to make money. You know, I, I tell women a lot of times <laughs> women come in and they we tend to gravitate toward this um, uh, service, you know, services industry and all of that. And, um, you know, when I ask, OK, why are you in business for? And they give me all of these things, all these different reasons. Only the last thing in that, they, you know, it's in their mind is like I'm in this to make money. So I always make sure that they understand that you are in business. To make a profit, <laughs> to make profit. Uh, so let's work on that. <laughs> absolutely, on that. absolutely. You're not in business to save the world. I mean, that's a great thing if you if you can do that as well. But at the end of the day, you are in business to make a profit, and we want to make sure that you that you do that. Uh, Gina, is that true? Are you in business to make some money? <laughs> I love what Kenya just said because I see that same thing all of the time. I say it at least three times a day, um, especially to, to uh, women of color that, um, that I, you take your cape off and go make your money. And <laughs> you save the world. You know, I often use, I use Oprah as an example. Oprah mm. anchored down, built her brand, and then built not just a school, but a boarding school with a campus. So mm. make your money so you can go do the philanthropic things you want to do. Mm, excellent. And, uh, you know what are you working on now, Curtis? What are you okay. working on? Tell me. You know, one of outside, you know, 
talk about saving the world outside <laughs> of, of what, you know, of the, of what I do as far as business and working with so many different nonprofits, all of these, all of these entities have tremendous strengths. And one of the initiatives we're working on now is trying to stitch together those strengths to better serve the entrepreneurial community of greater New York City. And then we'll take it. And then we'll take it farther. So as I'm listening to, you know, Karen is a marketing pro. Natalie has an accelerator. Kenya has women running the world. But, you know, I need to know, we all need to know who's doing what so that we can deploy our clients to to polish their business acumen and the tools that they need. And it's never really one-stop shopping with any of these entities, including my own uh, business consulting. Mm -hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, uh, Night Watchman, uh, I'm a a little upset with you. Um, The reason I'm upset (laughs) is that you you haven't spoken to the powers that be at WHCR 90.3 FM and say, hey, we need more time. I could have done that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. who's to say i haven't <laughs> so 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 having said that okay are you ready for the 90 minute and 120 minute version of the show uh, no uh, you're not i am i am i am indeed a matter of fact, well well what what we're gonna do now is how about a, a little lightning round how about that okay that sounds great okay so karen let's start off with you some of the some of the big challenges that you see small businesses and entrepreneurs face for you well, with what you've dealt with. Go ahead. I'm you. gonna I'm gonna pick up again on making money because uh. one of the, <laughs> as a as a, a marketer, one of the first things that I tell people is who are you selling to? Who's your who are you gonna be your customers, your clients? And I cannot tell you how many people I've spoken with who say, oh, I want to start work with startups and I want to work with you know, people who really need my help. And I'm saying to them, that's all good and well. Can they pay you? And invariably, <laughs> the answer, no, they can't. And my answer to them is there are lots of resources that are free, as SCORE is, um, mm-hmm. that can help people. But you're in this to make money. You need to rethink this. And I think that's the difference between being you know, an entrepreneur and being a not-for-profit or a consulting firm is that we have the, you know, we're all volunteers at SCORE and all the programs, all of the mentoring is free. The programs are really low cost and the resources are out there. You've, today, you've, you know, this evening, you've heard of all of these great resources across the city. So if you're thinking of starting your own business, think about, am I replicating something that's already out there for free? Mm. And importantly, um, are these people who can pay me? Because if they can't pay you, you don't have, you're not targeting correctly and you really don't have a business. So Mm -hmm. that's uh, food for thought. So Natalie, you heard that. Come on now. Uh, Jerry Maguire, show me the money. Is that the big thing? What What do you see in, in your journey in terms from entrepreneurs? One of the biggest issues they face. Uh, Natalie, I think you're. <laughs> I always <laughs> 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 unmute myself. 
Um, as you know, as everyone here has said, there are a lot of resources um, that are out there and a lot of free resources. And I think um, there's just people are just not aware of it. So I really do appreciate this conversation that we're having. Um, but in, in my journey, I think that what I have seen is um, a network. Um, I think entrepreneurs mm. and small businesses, they small business owners lack um, having a network, which is so critical in my mind, because so many times I think they're operating in silos, right? They're like mm. in vacuum, and they need that network to bounce ideas off of um, a network of accountants, of attorneys, of consultants or advisors. Mm. Um, so in my mind, that is kind of where um, I've seen that um, that 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 void, right? That um, entrepreneurs and business owners are are, are missing right now, and so yeah. we're going to make ourselves available to fill at least part of that that void by providing that the advisory services to small businesses. Excellent, excellent, Lori. Do yeah. tell us, tell us well, what is some. The, the biggest, let's say, number one or two issues that you see uh, facing the small business community that you work with? Um, making money. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay, exactly yes. What brought up here so far. Um, you know, one thing I tell my small business when they come to me initially or people just ask me advice off the cuff is not to actually leave their full-time jobs until <laughs> they have really established their side gig as a moneymaker. Um, mm -hmm. I see way too many people just say, I'm done with corporate America and just quit their jobs and start their brownie baking business. Wow. Um, and, and that's, you know, because that was their passion. Mm -hmm. And that might not be the best way to um, approach it and it might be staying on at your full-time job until your side gig really has started to make some money. Um, that's one. Number two, a lot of people, you know, will just completely shift their, um, what they've done their entire lives to start their new business. And I always say to people, it might make sense if you do want to start something on your own, create your own business, be your own, um, you know, be, be a self-employed person, um, I, I would use your background and then take your background of what you've majored in and, and worked in for so many years and kind of spin it to create your own business out of what you've already done for so long, rather than just start something completely new. Gotcha. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Night Watchman, which means, of course, you have to stay with Solange Primetime until your side thing is really, really functional okay uh on that no, no. <laughs> you're, you're acting as you're acting as if i'm getting paid for this <laughs> maybe you should maybe you oh. should oh. can you don't put ideas in his head no, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so can you tell us about some of the uh the one or two uh issues that you see facing the small business community entrepreneurs well, I'm going to say with, um, you know, when we're talking about money and I'm going to share with you something that somebody used to say to me um, when, um, you know, I started the New York Women's Chamber and, and it's this work hard, but don't work so hard that you don't have time to make money. 
Mm. which is something that a lot of our small business owners, um, especially when they're small, they, you know, it's something that they do. They work so hard every day in their business, meaning in, you know, the business doing everything inside of their business that they allow their time to be totally consumed by, by that. And they don't have time to, get new clients. They don't have time to network. They don't have time to go out there, meet people, um, find the resources, use, you know, the resources, attend the classes that they need to attend, um, you know, the education that they need to, to, to really, you know, learn how to grow their business and really know how to make a profit. Um, so that's what I find, you know, to be one of the, the, the big challenges of our small businesses, because sometimes, they feel also that they have to do everything themselves. And so they, they, you know, they don't have time to find partners or, or, you know, uh, team up with other um, entrepreneurs and, 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 you know, and, and build their capacity that way so they can have time to do other things. So that's a major thing that I find, um, Curtis. And then the other thing is goals. You know, we, uh-huh. Uh, we see a lot of our, you know, entrepreneurs are starting, to, you know, in this journey without a, a, you know, without real goals, without goals. I mean, meaning, you know, business goals, financial goals. Most of the yeah. time, they don't have financial goals. Um, they don't have, um, you know, goals when it comes to, you know, profits. When it comes to um, number of clients. When it comes to, um, you know, where they want to be, um, you know, um, two years, three years, five years, ten years from now. And so they spend a lot of time, um, you know, just working and working and working. And at the end of the day, um, they find themselves with very little um, in terms of money, financials to show for. Wow. Uh, Gina, we hear it. Money, 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 money. It's always about the money. So the things that I see outside of like the usual suspects, of course, like being undercapitalized, a lot of a lot of folks uh, that I work with are urban dwellers. They don't necessarily Mm. own or have a car, so they don't have the particular assets to attract certain loan vehicles. But social capital is a huge miss for a lot of people. You know, one introduction can open so many doors. And I I often find that social capital from in my opinion, proceeds, it supersedes even financial capital because the right social capital can get you to the money. Mm. Uh, you know, a while ago, I was I uh, introduced a client to a gentleman uh, that makes uh, art flavors, artificial flavors uh, in the beverage industry who got her onto uh, into BevNet, which is the largest pitch competition in the beverage community. Mm. So it's, it's those types of things are so incredibly important. But the biggest in addition to all of the usual usual suspects, confidence building. Wow. Wow. It's it's one of the things I I, I do my best to work with my clients. I would say 80% of the folks I work with, whether they're direct in my organization or through my nonprofit partners, 80% are women, and most of those women are black and Latina. That mm. confidence can make all of the difference in making a successful business. Wow. Night Watchmen, no lack of confidence with you, huh? But having said that, 
<laughs> Having said that, Night Watchman, uh, take us home, buddy. Take us well, home. Well, uh, well, thank you, all of you, for, uh, number one, a great panel, great, great set of information, and um, and Curtis Archer owes you uh, all consulting dollars <laughs> just wow. for the show. <laughs> wow. 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 I knew you were going to do that. I knew right. that. When, when, but, when, when Curtis Archer Cupcakes comes out next year, we'll be glad to know that it's going to be a successful business. <laughs> all I have to say now is that you've been listening to Soul Lounge Primetime on WHCR 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem. Also live streaming on YouTube, Facebook, and on your favorite podcast platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, Google Music, iHeart, Spotify, Ask Siri, Ask Alexa, Ask All Your Friends. This is the best show on primetime and everything. <laughs> Take my word for it. Thanks for joining us. Well, Night Watchman, are they going to be also invited back to the barbecue or what? Of course, of course, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, there you, yeah. go. you yeah. guys have carte blanche. Excellent show, Natalie. Was it painless? Do tell me. Pretty? I survived. <laughs> <laughs> no, great show, y'all. Thank you so much for this. Uh, sure, great, All right. great.